Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hi, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. It's always great to be with you, and uh, especially as so many things are going on in America, the battle over abortion, the primary elections, which we had, uh, of course, another one yesterday, another one coming up this Tuesday uh, in various states. And uh, so the 2022 midterms are well underway. And so many other things as President Trump continues to uh, plan rallies and uh, as the Brandon administration continues to just sink lower and lower and in, into confusion and chaos, which A, is harmful to the country and so that's bad, but B, makes it very clear to the country that uh, we, can't, we can't give any support to this party anymore. So a lot of these things are happening all at the same time. And meanwhile, you and I are in the battle. And at the same time, we enjoy the peace of Christ, uh, which surpasses all understanding. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're united with one another, and it's in that spirit that we come together to pray for one another, so leave your prayer intentions in the comments, and to pray for America. We start with the scriptures, as always. So let's go. Today I want to go to um, the book of Joshua. As you know, at the beginning of that book, we have the crossing of the Jordan. Let's go to Joshua 3, starting in verse 7. And uh, as we always do, we think of the scripture, and then we apply it to America today and to our prayers for America. Joshua 3, 7 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Now command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come to a halt in the Jordan when they reach the edge of the waters. So Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He continued, This is how you will know that there is a living God in your midst, who at your approach will dispossess the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the whole earth will precede you into the Jordan. Now choose twelve men one from each of the twelve tribes of Israel. When the soles of the feet of the priests carrying the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, touch the water of the Jordan, it will cease to flow. For the water flowing down from upstream will halt in a solid bank. The people struck their tents to cross the Jordan, with the priests carrying the ark of the covenant ahead of them. No sooner had these priestly bearers of the ark waded into the waters at the edge of the Jordan, which overflows all its banks during the entire season of the harvest, than the waters flowing from upstream halted, backing up in a solid mass for a very great distance indeed, from Adam, a city in the direction of Zarathan, while those flowing downstream toward the salt sea of the Arabah disappeared entirely. Thus, the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israelites crossed over on dry ground, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord remained motionless on dry ground in the bed of the Jordan until the whole nation 
had completed the passage. Let us pray. Lord, you gave your people a nation. You gave your people a land. You showed your presence among them. You dwelt among them in the Ark of the Covenant and let them know the law by which they were to live in fulfillment and happiness and freedom. Lord, you gave our founders a nation as well. You gave us a land, and you renewed us in every generation, in your covenant, in the way of life of, of, of Jesus Christ, your Son, in the way of his gospel. Lord God, we ask you today that just as these, our forefathers in the faith, showed such trust in your power in crossing that river, that, Lord God, we too, together with the commandments you have given us, we too, holding spiritually the Ark of the Covenant, holding fast to the values of the gospel, the principles of our founding, the wisdom of our Constitution, and the faith that our country acknowledges, we too may do what is necessary to secure the good of this nation. We too may see this nation blessed all over again, just as you blessed the nation of Israel. Continue to be with us as we fight for America, as we pray for America, as we vote for America in these midterm elections. And bring us the joy of victory in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. That is, a, that is a, a great passage, isn't it? The Ark of the Covenant, bearing the, the tablets of the commandments, the signs of God's power, the, the sum of the manna was in there. Remember that God sent this bread from heaven. The people needed food. And saving some of that manna was a constant reminder of the works of the Lord, just as we as Christians constantly remember the works of the Lord in delivering us in his son, Jesus Christ. And so the manna, constant reminder of the works of the Lord, uh, Aaron's uh, staff that had budded, a constant reminder of the miraculous work of the Lord. And of course, the covenant now we don't have a covenant uh, written in stone, but rather with the Holy Spirit writing it on our hearts. We actually, as the body of Christ, are the Ark of the Covenant for America. Christ dwelling within us. St. Paul tells us that. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? So if he's in us, we are the Ark of the Covenant as the, as the church, as the body. And the Ark stood there, the priests stood there holding it. Now, we all share a royal priesthood, as St. Peter tells us in, in the New Testament. We are a royal priesthood because we're baptized into Christ. So we're all sharing in our own unique ways the, 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 the priestly ministry of Christ being a bridge between humanity and God, offering spiritual sacrifices every day, acceptable to God, spiritual sacrifices, uh, uh, of prayer and of and of virtue, and also in offering our bodies as a spiritual sacrifice, the St. Paul tells us. So this passage is fulfilled for us and through us for America, just as it was happening for, 
our, our, our forefathers in the faith. It's connected with the land. It's connected very, very specifically with the nation, geographically, that God gives to his people. The spirit of Christ, the body of Christ, of course, resides in all the nations of the world. But in particular, here in America, we fight for freedom, for life, and for all the things that our founders believed in. And this passage is particularly inspiring to me as we pray for America and be as a body that living Ark of the Covenant held by those priests. We are priests in and of Jesus Christ. So I hope that's a good uh, inspiration for you. Uh, brothers and sisters, a lot is going on. You know, the U.S. Senate, oh, we have to vote uh, to codify Roe v. Wade. We have to vote on abortion. And we see them over these, these, these last few days doing that in the Senate. Uh, we, 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 we knew that they didn't have the votes. But, you know, it, it, why do they have to go through this? This is the most extreme. They are, they are pushing and have been pushing the most extreme abortion measure that has ever been introduced in the Congress. I mean, who do you know that wants abortion available throughout pregnancy until the very day of birth, no matter what the reasons, uh, uh, healthy mothers carrying healthy babies, uh, being able to abort them right up until birth. I mean, it's one thing for the, the law to say that that's okay, um, it's another thing, of course, for the abortionists to be willing to do that, and very few of them are, although they are out there, and, and these abortions do occur. And nevertheless, uh, on the federal le level, there is no, no, no limit. Uh, the only limitation really is on a particular procedure, the partial birth abortion, but that's not a time limit. So federal law has no limit as far as how late in pregnancy you can have an abortion or any reason that you have to have in order to get one. Uh, and uh, some of the states, of course, it's it's different in state law, but that's where uh, what, what the uh, Democrats have been trying to do is put into the law a full permission and no restrictions on abortion. This is that, I mean, who do you know that would want the, the parental involvement laws to go away? That say, if a minor wants to go get an abortion, her parents should not be told about it. And on and on it goes with the most reasonable and widely accepted restrictions and regulations on abortion. The Democrats throw these out the window. Taxpayer funding, who, 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 do, you, do you want to have to pay for somebody else's abortion? I mean, it's one thing for the government to say whether or not it'll be permitted, but it's quite another to force us to pay for it, even against our, our moral and religious objections. So all of this extremism, once again today, what have we done? Once again today, we have seen on full display before America in the United States Senate, the extremism of the Democrats. So Schumer said, well, we want everybody on record as to where they stand on this. Listen, be my guest, right? It's the extremism of the Democrats that we have to make sure is on full display so that we can continue to win elections. Pro-life is a winning issue. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Sometimes people get really bad advice in these political campaigns, but it's a winning issue, friends. We've seen that time and time again. And when you look at that segment of the electorate, we have all kinds of post-election polling over recent cycles. When you look at the segment of the electorate, which is sometimes as much as, uh, uh, well, depending how you put the question, maybe a third of the electorate, 
saying abortion is, is a decisive issue in my uh, voting decision. Within that segment of people, more vote pro-life than pro-abortion, like a, by a margin sometimes of two to one, again, depending on the poll, but we're always in the majority. So it's a winning issue. And for the Democrats to be showing this extremism, I mean, it shows how out of touch they are with the American people, as so many of their other policies show, but it also shows how clueless they are in terms of the impact that this has on elections. So in regard to that, is all this furor now over Roe v. Wade, which it looks like the Supreme Court is about to reverse, going to affect the midterm elections? And, you know, my opinion is basically that, that I, I've seen uh, from a number of uh, political commentators who are, are pretty good uh, experts in the dynamics of American elections, that even though, I mean, what I said holds true, pro-life is a winning issue. And so candidates who are pro-life need to be saying that, need to be explaining why, should not shy away from the issue, uh, because you'll get more voters than you'll lose. Uh, but as far as vo getting voters and losing voters, the divide over Roe v. Wade is a very partisan divide. So the people that you see throwing a childish tantrum and protesting at the justices' homes or at the Supreme Court, any of them who are voters, they are already solidly in the Democrat camp. Furthermore, the undecideds, the independents, the moderates, they're not attracted to abortion extremism. So in other words, uh, and furthermore, with Roe being reversed, it throws the matter back to the states. So states that are, are, are already deeply blue uh, already have abortion laws in place that are going to keep it legal anyway. So I don't see the, 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 the impact here swaying the midterms uh, in, any, in any significant way. Uh, but that, that's not to say that the issue is not going to help us uh, win. Uh, it's certainly not going to hurt our chances of winning uh, as we see the political wins still in our favor. So that's a little observation about that point. I wanted to mention, of course, yesterday's primaries. Uh, again, we have, um, it was Nebraska, we saw West Virginia, uh, President Trump's um, uh, uh, endorsement record uh, was, it remains, it remains, was it 57, 57 to 1. That's a pretty good record. The one came about yesterday where the Nebraska primary governor uh, candidate, um, uh, Herbster, uh, did not win his primary. But you know what? That was uh, affected by, of course, the, well, let me read what uh, uh, Cook Political said. Um, in Nebraska, Senate and governor's editor, uh, Jessica Taylor, again, this is cookpolitical.com. I hope you use that as a resource, writes, uh, one state Republican told us if Herbster doesn't win, does that mean Trump doesn't matter? No, it means Herbster got accused of groping 10 women. So he had that particular albatross around his neck, which of course is uh, is not good uh, for uh, a candidate. Um, 
with a record of 57 to 1, I don't think it's reasonable for anybody to say uh, that uh, President Trump's uh, endorsement isn't as powerful as it's ever been. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, we saw that also in West Virginia, of course. Um, we had uh, the Trump-endorsed uh, candidate, Representative Alex Mooney, rack up big margins across his district, winning by no less than 17 points. Uh, the Trump factor is very strong. Of course, the next big primary is Pennsylvania on the 17th, court, uh, uh, as well as a number of other states. So we'll be looking at that very closely. And of course, you'll get plenty of commentary on, um, on these various channels from other sources as well. Speaking of President Trump, I wanted to share with you something also you may have seen from the nothing other than the ACLU, okay? Uh, let me just read from its executive director's recent statement, Mr. Anthony Romero. You'd be hard-pressed to find a more steadfast opponent of Trump and his policies than the ACLU. But, now listen what the ACLU said. Elon Musk's decision to re-platform President Trump on Twitter is the right call. So, you may have seen Musk said, you know, uh, free speech, I'm fully in favor of free speech. And, uh, you know, I think that this uh, uh, decision not to have him on was was not a good decision. So ACLU uh, ends up agreeing. When a handful of individuals possess so much power over the most important forums for political speech, they should exercise that power with restraint. This is the ACLU speaking. So, you know, the topic of uh, free speech is, you know, right at the core of what we uh, mean when we say making America great again, the defense of fundamental liberties and speech is right there at the top of the list, along with religion and freedom of the press. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of common sense has to prevail here. Uh, freedom of speech to be able to say what somebody else doesn't like without that somebody else being able to silence you. Common sense. Governing with common sense has been uh, the hallmark of, of President Trump, as he said. That's more of his guiding, uh, guiding light even than uh, being conservative. He says, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm conservative, and, you know, but my decisions end up in that camp because I govern with common sense. And we have to vote with common sense as well. Remember ProLifeVote.com. I want to, uh, again, renew my offer to you, brothers and sisters, of all the resources that we have there as we continue in this midterm election season. And speaking of resources, you know, there's a lot of reading material that even though uh, there's a lot of new books coming out, and we're going to, in, in some of these future programs, talk about some of these new books that are coming out that can help us orient ourselves politically, as we continue in the midterms. Some of the books uh, that I recommend came out prior to the 2020 election, but nevertheless, I still recommend them and, and urge you to read them if you haven't already, simply because, A, they help people to understand President Trump, his leadership, recall his accomplishments so that we can defend and build on them and use them as a roadmap for the future, uh, and 
understand the principles and dynamics of the MAGA movement and of American politics more broadly. And in that regard, the value of these following two books, both of which that came out in 2020, but they're just as uh, valuable to read now, I think, as ever. One is from Sean Hannity, the other from Newt Gingrich. Uh, Sean Hannity wrote a book, Live Free or Die. I want to recommend this to you, Sean Hannity. Um, America and the World on the Brink is the subtitle, Live Free or Die. Uh, so much of, of, of what he goes into here is, uh, again, so helpful to understand where we have been very recently, uh, evaluate how things are different now, and uh, look for the dynamics and the principles that we have to incorporate moving forward, not only for the elections of 22, but also of 24. And I'm sure he'll be out with uh, a lot more between now and then. And then Trump and the American Future is the Newt Gingrich book that I want to recommend. Trump and the American Future uh, and uh, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time is the subtitle. And again, these books, even though written in 2020, help us understand President Donald Trump, help us understand the MAGA America First policies and priorities, help us understand the dynamics of American culture and politics, help us to stay the course uh, for the, the months and the years immediately ahead of us. And all of that, brothers and sisters, is not only important, all of that is exactly what we want to continue praying for here on this program. So would you join me again in prayer? Father, we thank you for so much that is going on now uh, and the privilege of living in these times when in the midst of much darkness and chaos, nevertheless, we have much light, much certainty. In the midst of weak leadership, nevertheless, we have strong leaders in people like President Donald Trump, who continues to lead, continues to speak, continues to inspire, continues to plan, continues to endorse, continues to influence the course of American politics, undeterred, undeterred and undiminished. Lord, may we all be the same. May we be as undeterred and undiminished as we ever were. May we be as vocal as we ever were. May we be as fervent and full of faith as we ever were. May we be as free as we ever were. May we be as strong and united as we ever were for the good of this nation. Bless our children, bless our families, bless all our intentions, those that have been mentioned in the comments, those that are in the silence of our hearts, intentions for health, for wisdom, for protection, for strength, for growth in holiness. And together we pray in the words that Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What a joy to be with you. FR Frank Pavone on social media. Follow me on all the major 
platforms. Make sure you have a Getter account, and I'm on all the other major platforms as well. Uh, connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. Spread the word about this program, friends, because we have a lot more to talk about and a lot more to pray about as we pray for America. We will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.